0: Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Start at Up podcast. Beyond thrilled today because I have on comedian and YouTube an Instagram star, JP Sears. He is a comedian that has, well, I, first of all, you've probably seen his videos, whether you've seen uh, his takes on veganism or being ultra spiritual or on yoga or my favorite one, How to Be an Instagram Star. That is so wildly uncomfortable. It's amazing. The thing that I love about JP, first of all, I sincerely appreciated it. You know, he came to town, got to spend a couple days with him, um, got to go to his comedy show. And the thing that that I loved about this interview and also just him as a person is it's he is a really deep person that kind of makes light of being really deep. This was a fantastic conversation. Um, it went longer than most of my episodes, but I'm telling you, it's engaging, the other thing is, is that he is l- literally kind of bringing back humor in a way that either you're offended on both sides or you get the joke on both sides. He is making us laugh at ourselves a little bit. And I got to say, this conversation made me feel comfortable with some of the things that I was uncomfortable with. It'll make sense when you listen to the episode. Um, so yeah, enjoy this one. If you don't know his work, first of all, I'd be shocked if you haven't seen a couple of his videos. But if you don't, I, I really recommend that you um, follow him Instagram, Awaken with JP. Also, the YouTube channel is amazing. Also, Awaken with JP. If you like comedy or you just like things that make you think, I sincerely think that you'll appreciate this one. So. Let me get right down to it. This is an amazing interview. I think you're going to love it. J.P. Sears. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Started Up Podcast. I'm here, joined by J.P. Sears, who, depending on where you locate him, is either a YouTube comedian, celebrity. He's got a podcast. He's got a book. He's ultra spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um Thank you for being on my show. Yeah.
1: Please say more about me. I have plenty <laughs> of time and uh, low enough self-worth that I have in large capacity to See, hear gonna, nice things uh, said about me.
0: I'm going to stop you on the low self-worth. So I figured you out.
1: Mm, um, do I, tell.
0: Uh, actually, I have. I've, I've, I've thought a lot about this. One, because I've been, I've been watching your videos for a while. Actually, I hate to say the word forced. I <laughs> I, I encouraged my students to watch one of your videos about college. Um and and one of the things that I always wanted to ask you is, you do both sides embrace you, or are they confused, or they? Because I have seen people comment, they're they're like, you know, you are you hate social justice warriors, you right wing elitist, and I've had some people that commented like, this is the exact opposite of like you know you liberal hippie awful. Obviously, do you pay attention to those comments?
1: Uh, very little attention. Um, I, I never deliberately read comments for the sake of like understanding, what are people saying about me? <laughs> because that is feedback that doesn't do me any justice. If I read comments, it's because I want to respond to people and mix it up and engage and show appreciation. Yeah. But I, I love people being able to voice what they think. Mm-hmm. And... and We all need a voice, and and monitoring what people think, especially when it's about me, it it doesn't matter to me. However, what I will say, especially from my early days of making YouTube videos, I would read comments a bit. So, Mm -hmm. you know, me not giving a crap what people think as indifferent as that sounds, um, that's kind of present day. I've had to learn my way into, like, oh, I can stay in my sovereignty much better and be a better service for the world Mm -hmm. if I am worried less about what people think about me and focused more on conveying what I think through comedy. So with that said, back in the early days, I would find there were three camps, usually going on simultaneously. Say I make a video about spirituality. Some people would think I'm against spirituality. Then on the other side, some people would think, oh, I'm really for spirituality and like, you know, I'm just, you know, cool. And then the third camp would be people are confused. Like, where does this guy stand for? Like, he obviously knows enough about spirituality that he's not just like an outsider, but he's making fun of it. So he can't possibly be into spirituality. Where does he actually stand? And it's like, I'm not. Yeah, I'm I'm for the people. For the people. And I will say this. Typically I don't like to do videos or comedy on things that I'm against because I don't like, Mm. I don't think the world needs any more condescending judgment. There is way too much of that going on in the world. So I like to make videos about things that are important to me. So spirituality, a lot of health concepts, entrepreneurships. um, Those are things that are important to me. And of course I'll point out the egotistical nature, try to, you know, point out what's under the obvious in those areas. Cause I think we're all full of crap and yeah. even in what's most important to me, I need to figure out how to take that less seriously and find the egotistical nature involved in it.
0: So let me, let me step back. Actually, if I do, I'll hit a wall. Yes. Um,
1: Let's stay in the metaphoric realm here, Don. Stay Let's in the ma- this,
0: uh, how did this all start?
1: Yes. So I started doing YouTube videos five years ago, at least comedy videos on YouTube five years ago. Man, what is the date? Holy crap! We are recording this October fifth. Yeah. Spoiler alert! Whatever date this comes out, it was October fifth, two thousand fourteen. The day I uploaded and published my first comedy video called "How to Be Ultra Spiritual," full circle. So synchronicity,
0: which is. doing a lot of visual things is really
1: good for a podcast. That's people love it. They people, I think podcasts, people care less about the uh, auditory experience and more about the visuals. They will never comprehend. It's like fine art. Um, anyway, you got me excited. So five years ago I published my first comedy video. Now, before that I had been doing life coaching, emotional healing, coaching with people, helping people, uh, you know, helping them to help themselves heal their pain, trauma, limiting beliefs, taking back their personal power. Before that, I had been doing some exercise and nutrition coaching. So altogether, that kind of life coaching was about 15 years, a little longer than that, uh, before I published my first comedy video. During that time, I was... Uh, I was purpose-driven in the work I was doing with coaching people and teaching classes and workshops around the world. It was fulfilling, it was great. I think it was a wonderful offering. However, during that time, I was looking at my very natural inner comedian that's always been there ever since I was a kid, very active in my private life. But in the professional setting, I was telling myself, it would be bad for business. To let this comedian out, because this story I was telling myself was it would discredit me as like a life coach, a spiritual guy, a health person. I'm not supposed to be funny, so that that's the story I was telling myself. And like any form of self betrayal, eventually I couldn't keep myself contained. You know, is like too painful. To keep betraying myself even though it was scary to let my inner comedian out because yeah i did hallucinate a story that it would be bad for business but october 5th 2014 i let my inner comedian out uh, through my first video at the time i just thought it'd be a one-time video like oh yeah you know let me share my perspective about the egotistical nature that i've found in my spiritual practice so share my perspective through the language of comedy I don't think anybody will care about it. I don't think it'll be funny to anybody, but I just have to do it. It was one of those creative itches I had. So I did it, and the cool thing was it woke something up inside of me. It was the first time in my life that I had ever had anything that I felt was a creative expression. Mm-hmm. I would never been into art, music, writing. So, wow, this creativity, it felt very fulfilling. yeah. And it happened that that first video, oddly enough, was pretty well viewed, to my surprise. So it turns out letting my inner comedian out was the best thing I ever did for business, which also taught me don't believe everything you think, JP, because, you know, what you think and what you're certain of has zero correlation to truth. It just has a correlation to you feeling safe when you have a sense of certainty. So, yeah, man. And So, a few weeks later, I had this amazing idea. Maybe I could make another video. Hmm. So, I thought, oh, let me make a second one. No idea that it would become a thing. But I I think probably nine months later, maybe a year later, after, you know, releasing a comedy video Hmm. anywhere between once a week to once a month you know kind of sporadic but after about a year of doing that I, I i realized i am i'm tapped into a well and this isn't just some quick this too shall pass kind of thing this is a rabbit hole that's opening up a new world for me both inside of me and outside of me yeah I mean, and that i i think
0: i, I think it's from a person that totally understands that because i'm 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 on a similar journey not comedy although i'm I'm hysterical you've spent time with me.
1: the only thing i've ever heard you (laughs) say that was funny is when you said you were hysterical so let's let's wait for that awkward pause yeah anyway but watching
0: (laughs) (laughs) watching you on that journey i mean i i totally feel it because like um and and some of the people I've interviewed, and then also living that myself, is that when you let go, and it's funny because I've I've listened to you now long enough. Where you even talk about the power of surrender, mm-hmm. um, when I just kind of let go and said, "This is gonna be fun." Now, and and and, and let me say, it's been easier for me because this is sometimes I get a, a little bit of pushback, and like, well, easier for you to say, Don, you're forty-seven, and you know, being a teacher, I make a ton of money.
1: I'd imagine. So, I mean. I'm, I'm, did you, it has to be Did you
0: see that? Did you see that? You drove here into my 2011 Hyundai.
1: You are obviously, as a teacher, making fives of thousands of dollars each year. I know sixes, actually. One point. That's probably seven figures in pennies. Uh huh. It is. Yeah.
0: At least. And uh, so, but 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 ha, that that journey of surrender and this is going to be uh, fun. I mean, I one of my. One of my best experiences in college was uh, I, had, I, I, I had to take this mythology course, right? And I went in there, like, just bitter and salty. And then I got introduced to Joseph Campbell. Not literally. He was already passed on. But that hero's journey yeah. and then seeing it in everything. Yeah. Like, because my kids are the same way. Like, we will, like, in my house, you will either, like, if you haven't seen Kung Fu Panda and or Fantastic Mr. Fox... Would- Just turn
1: back around. Dude, Kung Fu Panda is such a wise movie. And the second one,
0: third one, actually the third one's not too bad. You be you and I'll teach you to be you. But the second one, power of forgiveness. Like, that is such a metaphor for life. And so my own students and my own children, we look at life through kind of that story cycle. Mm -hmm. And I've told them, and I'll tell anybody, if your life was a book, would anybody read it? Mm -hmm. So I got up today. Scrolled through my feed, yeah. Got Exciting. really mad, yeah. Got triggered, yeah. I hate that politician guy, and I followed everything he said today, yeah. And then that time it offended G- gave, me,
1: gave you all of, yeah, you gave him all of your power. That's and smart. like,
0: absolutely. And like, like, look, man, I get it, like, there's some people I don't like either. I mean, I'm not political esque. There's some things that need to be called out. And there's some things that I believe in awareness. It starts with awareness. But then if that's all you do is just be aware, I'm like, you're not living life.
1: exactly. And We're,
0: so when you said that you kind of surrendered, because you're like, no, I can't do this. Because I got to say, you are an enigma, right? Mm, and I'm saying this. In say it, more. Say more. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean t- technically speaking, and I'm going to maybe get myself into trouble on this. But like a lot of times comedians are self-loathing. Yeah. Uh, it's easier to, to laugh at a person that is obese. Yeah. You're kind of buff. Thank you. Um, Thank like you. Like, you're, you, you don't,
1: like, yeah. Some but of the, I, I, the comedians I, are. You're I, not. I identify as obese.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, I identify uh, no, it's not going to be as funny. I'm not, <laughs> see, now I'm already in my box here. Um, but no, I mean like seeing you take that journey is what I love watching others do. Yeah. Of um and even if it doesn't work out, okay. I mean when we were eating lunch prior to this I was talking to you about a a former student and and it it just crushes me because you know, he won't go outside kind of thing. Yeah. That that something out there could make me not do something. So I just I'll stay in here and I'll be trapped and um just having people experience and this is one of the reasons why i the fact that you have a podcast you know experiencing that and and sometimes it doesn't work out that's cool
1: yeah
0: you know uh, I, I think it, uh, it was ryan holiday that talked about him leading his a week of his worst nightmare hmm. you know what's the worst thing that can happen well i could be homeless okay he was homeless for a week yeah. mind you you know in a nicer well i mean i don't know what is where he was but like he realized that sometimes our worst fears, especially here in the United States, really. I mean, I'm not diminishing the struggles that people go through, but he's like, I got over it. It was, it wasn't death.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I agree. I would guess 99.9% of people listening to this podcast, at most, have first-world problems yep. to uh, worry about. And granted, when that's us, like. Our problems are real, yet putting in the context, yeah. Yeah. most of our problems, they're not life and death, which means it's safe to encounter the dragon. You know, mm. your, your boy JC, Joseph Campbell, I think has one of the wisest, most helpful quotes of all time. The cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. So if you want more fulfillment, if you want more purpose, you gotta ask yourself, what scares me the most? and then go do that thing and you know and i always like to give the disclaimer because our minds like to create bs like rationalizations why that's not true to justify us staying in the coffin of our comfort zone so getting in a cage with a tiger would scare you a lot but there's not a sense of purpose with that right so what scares you the most that also has at least a drop of inspiration, Mm -hmm. a drop of excitement. That's the cave you fear that you have to enter if you want to claim your treasure. You don't have to claim your treasure. Yeah. And if you don't, spoiler alert to millennials, nobody's going to deliver your treasure for you. I guarantee it. And I will say, you know, one of the, the recent caves in the past few years that I've entered is stand-up comedy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I hear a lot of people talk about stand-up comedy, like existing comedians listening to podcasts, talking about their journey and other people who want to get into it. And oftentimes, you know, we look at public speaking as like, well, that's the scariest thing you could ever do. A lot of people say it's scarier than death. Well, stand-up comedy is scarier than public speaking because you're doing public speaking and you have the expectation to... Make people laugh, and you will not always make people laugh. Mm. So, there's a lot of fear to encounter there. So, with that said, as an example, there was a cave that was very scary for me to enter, which is okay, cool, I'm doing comedy on YouTube, but now stand up comedy on a stage. It was very scary to enter that cave, still fears to be encountered on a nightly basis. And this cave, Holds the treasure I was seeking. There, out of everything I do professionally, nothing gives me more joy and inner fulfillment than stand-up comedy. And wait,
0: you just said the lunch I treated you to. actually did
1: that. I was doing stand-up comedy during lunch, oh. and it was funny. And lunch was good. So, man, it, I think it's eternal wisdom. Yeah. The cave you fear. To enter the I, most holds the treasure you seek.
0: I let see. This is why we're getting along. And I, I, I actually based an entire uh, keynote once at an education conference around that yeah. quote, and actually four other things from Joseph. Um, it, it, so I, I have to ask: Like, do you experience then that 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 flow state when when you're up there? I mean, it's, it's got to be, especially when you're first starting that. Well, you're talking about the fear, but then when you get into that that flow, does it what does that feel like? Do you get that sensation?
1: I I do. I I'm grateful to have that sensation and you know, the the longer I do it, the easier and more predictable it is to enter that beautiful flow state. And part of my experience of flow state is Timelessness. Mm. It's like, you know, usually I'm supposed to do an hour on stage and sometimes, wow, how did an hour go by already? That was so short. Yeah. And and other times, you know, it used to be like when I'm trying new material out on stage, you know, I'd write it out and kind of like embed it in my nervous system, kind of like the way a musician would memorize a song. But now I I work with bullet points, at least in the beginning of Mm -hmm. a new bit. Mm -hmm. And I'll usually put it into somewhere in the middle of my act, like trying out this new material. Mm -hmm. And last night I was doing some new stuff and it was it felt good to take it in stride with the flow state. Mm -hmm. Certainly didn't come out perfect, but I with the flow state words were coming out that it's like, oh, I wouldn't have thought to say it this way. This is cool. So I can kind of take note and. Then go back and refine it, you yeah. know, the next night. So, and for me, the 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 biggest um, marker facilitator of flow state is connection. So, one of the things that I always do, which I think really Helps put me into a flow state before I go on stage. Is I get connected to my feelings. Mm. Like, what am I feeling in my body? Mm. Not like in my head, like, what am I feeling, like psychologically analyzed. No, out of my head into my body, what am I feeling? Is it, are there nerves? Is there anxiety? Is there joy? Like, whoa, heaviness, lightness, tingling? What am I feeling? Because once I'm connected to myself, that means I can be very connected with the audience that's there. Yeah. And, like, that's the flow state. When you lose yourself to something greater than you, yeah. Yeah. When, you become, when you're a drop of water, but you get to temporarily lose yourself for a minute or an hour in this thing called an ocean, it's greater than yourself, even though you still have your own individuality, but you lose sight of your own individuality for the time you're in the flow state. And it's a beautiful experience, yeah, I,
0: man. I, two things that just like when I was listening to that one, that, that is, um, I need to get back on it. So I, I was doing, um, keynotes and, and I, and I, keynotes, is that like cocaine off the coffee table or kilos? Okay. Different. Uh, and, and educational speaking is kind of fun because in some ways I'm, I'm angry. Yeah. Uh, of what we're not doing. And, um one time I came in and i always remember this it was in I mean it was in North Dakota so it was a really really big deal actually North Dakota people are fantastic but I got there and so she's like hey I didn't get your slides from this week I go actually I just redid them on the plane right over here actually I just completely did a new one and she looked at me and she was scared Sherry if you're listening to this I'm so sorry but like she's like are you serious you've never practiced it before I'm like no that's actually when I'm at my best yeah and she's like like Literally, you've never even gone over them. I'm like, nope. And then she's like, oh no. And I, in that moment, she was regretting having hired me to, because it was the state conference. And she's like, sure. this, I've made a huge mistake. A, I loved it. B, it was maybe one of my best ever. And C, yeah. it almost made me want to like do something even more so later on. So I'm gonna yeah. gauge this. I swear it. Now, mind you, um, educator conferences, there's taking risks. Like, like I used to wear like obnoxiously lime green pants. So I'd go out there and you couldn't see me at first because I like deliberately like be behind a podium as the like, you know, introduction. And then I said, you know, sometimes you have to take risks like wearing ridiculous pants and it'd get a cheap laugh. Right. Yeah. But you know, that's, that's stale now. I've always wanted to, because I kind of rocking the dad bod. I've wanted to go out one time with no slides whatsoever and no shirt on.
1: That's awesome.
0: I endorse it. Um, there was, well, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, I'm not, you know, I don't look like you. So that... But actually, I think that would actually make it more... See, again, comedians. It it does. Yeah. Yeah. So if if you're rocking the dad bod, now it's funny. If I'm all, like, ripped and I'm flexing a little bit. Like, I always like the keynote... It's riskier that way, yeah. It is. Well, I do like the keynote guys that are ripped, and they always have their arms in the (laughs) 90-degree position. And every time they, like, talk... like. It's okay to let your arms down. Yeah, like, it, I can't because of my like biceps. It's like that
1: works. clicker, that po- PowerPoint thing you're holding, it's not 30 pounds. You don't have to. There, do you know who Joe Polish is? Yes. And so he runs the Genius Network. Network yep. he, he's become a great friend in the past uh, two years. This is going to be the third year I'll have emceed his annual event. So this is, people are paying $10,000 yep. per ticket to get yeah, in. Yeah. Super high level entrepreneurs. And those are the ones that
0: get in. BT those, Dubs. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He, they turn away a lot of people.
1: Yeah. And he always has, you know, amazing speakers. Tony Robbins, Peter Diamandis. JP Sears. Um, JP Sears. I mean, yeah. just a name. Um, so high-level event. And anyway, a couple-day event. And the first year I was MCing, I'm like, you know, these are people who, they need to loosen up a little bit. So... Between speakers, I went out in my wife's cheetah print uh, leopard spandex and a pair of Dave Asprey's blue blocking glasses, nothing more. So, like, basically women's underwear, no shirt, (laughs) in front of a room full of people paying $1,000 to get in, and people loved it. So, so I my highly original endorse. idea,
0: you already did. Thank you for out me. Once again. All right. Thank you so and, much for joining us. And
1: <laughs> one, one other piece of advice I'm going to give you, Don, because you didn't ask for it. So it's always going to be welcome advice. When I'm in sometimes events like that, you know, yeah. kind of like keynote speaking, personally, I never use slides. And like you, it's like, oh, yeah, I don't know exactly what I'm going to say until I hear myself <laughs> say it. But, you know, of course, I know my purpose and yeah. my point. But like word for word, like what? Like, let's be present in the yeah. moment. Yeah. But anyway, just sometimes to screw with like the tech people who are there, like worried about the sound and the lighting. Sometimes I'll be on stage and say, "Okay, guys, put up my slides," and you just see them in the back of the room, like going into a panic. You didn't? We didn't get that email. Yeah, and then I just let them know, "Hey, guys, I'm just That's wanting to stress whatever. you out. There's no slides."
0: That is hysterical. Or were those the 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 yoga pants? The 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 pink and purple ones.
1: Uh, so I've wore those yoga pants in yeah, my videos, but yeah. the, the leopard print underwear, same print, just shorts, right. like yeah, underwear. Right. Hmm. It takes you to a new place. It does. It's like the hero's journey. Does. All through that is the cave.
0: Undergarments. There's a couple of other double entendres there. Yeah. Like voices. <laughs> um, I dig that. So uh, uh, in talking to you yesterday, Bush, by the way, uh, thank you so much for first, you know, shooting some videos for our foundation. You're but
1: welcome. North Dakota people are the worst. Go on.
0: <laughs> if we've learned anything today. <laughs> um, no, it's like, you know, I, obviously, you know, we, we want more students to get into an entrepreneurial way of being. And, and, and cause sometimes, you know, there's a couple people that always take some like shots like, Oh, we all shouldn't be entrepreneurs. I'm like, absolutely. We shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, but seeing opportunities, uh, is what I think is, is so desperately needed because we, you know, we've been talking about this earlier. Like, people that are just complaining, and this is my, this is my Johnny Cochran-sounding moment, but you know, we have a goal to create seekers and peakers not moaners and groaners. If it does not fit, you must acquit. Hmm. So those, those moaners and groaners are, hey, life's terrible, politics, those are stuff. And like, I get it because what hurts me, and I, and I mean this from a real space, I, I, a, I hate su- well, life is suffering, you know, no. know the, the four noble truths. But yes. Uh, yes. but like, I I want to see people out of suffering, and 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 it's some to some degree of irony. I've noticed the people that are suffering the most are out there, and I think their hearts are in the right place. Are the people that are, and I'm going to snarkily call them social justice warriors yeah. because they do believe in a cause, and I dig that, <clears throat> but they're so, like. That's all they're looking for is to see injustice. And I think that's a noble cause, I do. But there's they're not necessarily seeking opportunities. They just keep telling. It's like that commercial, the, 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 uh, the fraud awareness. And the, there's a guy that was, it was, it was in a bank, yeah. and he said, uh, you guys are being robbed. And they're like, what are you gonna do about it? Oh, I'm just bank awareness. <laughs> and like, I, it, it hurts my soul to yeah. see people so distraught and their hearts in the right place. They're just not working towards something. Yeah. You're into, you're ultra spiritual. How do you get, how do you get people into that mode of, I get your, I get it. You have a right to be, there's, there's several things in this world. By the way, actually, I think that, I think most of us are unbelievably kind. I think the world is at its best place ever.
1: I couldn't agree more. Um,
0: But how do you get people into that okay so let's do
1: something yeah you know i think honestly we can we can tell people things but they don't listen until they're ready to hear and i you know if i rewind the clock back to when i was 17 you could tell me everything i needed to hear i'm not going to listen to you cuz like you know uh, not only do i have like the young man's arrogance of thinking I know more than I know, but also I'm on my life's journey. You know, I I and we all need to make our mistakes because that's how we learn. And like to to rob people from their mistakes is like taking someone in second grade and robbing them of third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh grade and putting them in eighth grade. Let me
0: push back, though. I agree. But I see some of the people that are in my humble opinion, are mistakes the call out, see, call out versus call in,
1: yeah.
0: right? You know, this guy's the worst person ever. Yeah. Shut him down. Get him fired. Okay, that's gonna make it better. Yeah. So, you make your mistakes on yourself when you're trying agreed. to get people. And and by the way, like there's some of my my friends that I have like there's been a couple. I'm like, dude, you shouldn't you shouldn't post that. Let's take that down. Let's take that down. <laughs> Like, I know you're mad or whatever. I'm like, let's take that down. That's call in. Yeah. So while I totally agree with you, I see more people trying to deliberately destroy people's lives yeah. to make themselves temporarily feel better.
1: Yeah, and, and it's not new. We've been doing it yes. for centuries. Like, what I don't, I'm don't, i not good with history because I went to public schools and barely have a high school education. But whatever it was, like in the 17 or 1800s, we had the witch hunt yeah. where you got social justice points for finding a witch She didn't have to be a witch, but we're going to drown her. And if she like whatever floats or not, she's a witch. If not, like, oh, cool. Like she, she either way, you get social justice points for calling people out. Then like in the 1950s, Hollywood, you know, you would accuse people of being a communist and you would get points for that. So now it's unfortunately super easy to call people out and there's no accountability for it. So I think what we have when we're just calling people out without taking action to be the change you wish to see in the world and you're not looking at yourself 10 times more than you're analyzing the world, we have people who are in a desperate need to create a sense of significance for themselves by being a connoisseur of outrage, the more we can victimize ourselves and yell the loudest about what's wrong and who's wrong. Guess what? The louder we are, the more we feel significant. We are getting significance by tearing other people down. Now, that is not empowered significance. Empowered significance is taking action on your purpose and contributing to helping other Mm. people, contributing to helping yourself as well. But otherwise, we feel empowered through the illusion of significance Mm. we get. And it's not true empowerment, it's the illusion of power. But with this outrage culture, you know, to attack someone else, you're victimizing yourself, like I'm the victim of you. But we pretend other people are victimizing us. So it's us hurting ourselves, pretending other people are hurting us so we can get a sense of significance so we can get the illusion of power all through us truly disempowering ourselves. Mm -hmm. So for me, like some people like we do we do need to raise more awareness like, hey, this is going on Mm -hmm. just because you're an angry, loud victim. I'm not going to not question you on that just because you're going to get angry and right. yell at me for even questioning you right. on that. So, we do need to help people raise their self awareness beyond where it's at. Yeah. And then, some people, they need to keep disempowering themselves until they get tired of disempowering themselves and then outgrow that immature level of being. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, you know, it's a young person's. Error And granted, a lot of young people are brighter than to get stuck in that error. But some people, they they need to suffer there until they've encountered enough suffering that they're motivated to rise to a new level beyond that suffering. And I think rising to a new level beyond that suffering means they have to go into the discomfort of taking on a new level of self-responsibility and world responsibility that they haven't uh, been exercising in the childish mentality of, I'm going to point things out that are wrong and expect mommy, daddy, the government, other people to do the change that I wish to see in the world. But Gandhi, through his toothless mouth, would have said, be the change you wish to see in the world.
0: I I think that's, yeah, I I think too often that's the hard thing of hard things. Sorry, Ben Horowitz. But no, I mean, that's, that's... you know, it's it's always awesome. It feels good temporarily to tell, to tell people, you know, this is wrong and I'm against it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's the harder thing to stand up and, and, and to do something. And, and um, you know, we, we've got... And, and actually, here I am. I'm like, I'm sitting here complaining that, you know, some of the things that I see on Twitter are real life. Well, they're not. Uh, it, it Sometimes it feels like that. And I do think the world is an awfully good place. But... Uh, that's one of the reasons why sometimes I have to step away from like looking at comments because um, you can't win. Yeah. And and I I just I see <clears throat> I, this just a problem I I have is like I've seen people get hurt over um, people feeling powerful by calling out, and if they truly yeah. think that it's a problem, you should always have some empathy. Uh, I I I think it's somewhat ironic that a lot of times that you know people that weren't nice, you try to ruin their lives. And somehow that's
1: correct? Yeah, it's hurt people trying to hurt people. It's, you know, you're not going to try to hurt someone else unless you have hurt inside. And (coughs) self-responsibility says, oh, I'll deal with my hurt. Bullying says, I hurt, so let me try to displace this hurt onto someone else. Gives them the illusion that they're escaping their hurt. It doesn't actually work. I mean, gives them a... Temporary, you know, several minutes or several days worth of relief from their hurt, but it's still inside of them. Yeah.
0: Well, I think it's one of the interesting things in your approach is that I started off the top of the show of saying, I got you figured out. What I think is it's funny because under somewhat of a persona of I'm ironic and I'm joking is at a heart, someone that's extremely understanding Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 you know, even yesterday when we parted ways, I'm like, I, I enjoy the person you are. Um, I, I've I've seen you talk about this a couple times on, you know, you don't want to lose yourself in an ego. I mean, you're, you're 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 rising the ranks. People are noticing who you are more and more. Um, but I like the fact that through comedy, you're trying to keep it humble and also make a little point here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, my my only fear when I and I. My only fear was, is that, and I don't think you would take it too seriously, is that sometimes people that are trying to make a point uh, get hurt and people don't understand the mission, the cause. Uh, And so I, because I see, again, every now and then I'll take a look at the comments. I'm like, dude, they don't get it. You know, like, or like, because in some similar way, I'll see somebody post an Onion article and they like, see, I told you, that's what these liberals think. (laughs) Or same thing of like these stupid conservatives. That's what, you know, like it's the Onion. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> the, the, the people don't get the humor in it. And uh, I, I, I dig what you're doing, and, and uh, I, I just, yeah, you're you're a much deeper soul. Well, case in point, last when we posted our video last night, uh, a friend of mine, Eric, it was just a clip where you were with Jeremy. And it's like a eight or second, eight or ten second clip, and he goes, "I don't know whether he was being serious or snarky." Yeah. And I'm like, "Well, okay. Cause had you listened to the whole clip, you would have, you would have realized." Um, but it, it, it's it's making people pause, and go, "Okay, I get it."
1: Yeah. Well, I appreciate you seeing that in me, and you know, I, I think, you know, is he being serious or is he being sarcastic or snarky is like, yeah, sometimes both at the same time. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. A hundred percent. And you know, I personally believe if we can't, if we can't learn to laugh at what we take most seriously, we will be controlled by a fear-based consciousness our whole life. Yes. And, and most of us would say like, Oh yeah, it, it makes sense that it's not in my best interest to be controlled by fear, but nobody ever questions what is seriousness and I'll give you my point of view even though you didn't ask me here it is I believe seriousness is a psychological posture of fear you know when we're serious we're not going to laugh we get really tense we get really certain physically we're going to tense up so that's all a fear response so whenever we're getting serious we can do ourselves a great service and ask okay I'm serious right now what am I scared of it's always going to be something but instead of being vulnerable with our fear so that we can like process it learn from it grow beyond it we deflect from our fear misdirect it into seriousness so we don't have to deal with our fear so like oh we're serious about politics okay what are you scared of here is it are you scared that you're going to be hurt physically are you scared that the country's going to turn out different than your expectations. Mm-hmm. Like you have a right to be scared. Give yourself that right for mm-hmm. crying out loud. Mm-hmm. So when we learn to actually be afraid instead of being afraid to be afraid, where we're just serious all the time and not dealing with our fears, but when we're actually afraid to be afraid, man, now we can transcend our fears and grow beyond them And and I think laughter is one way to do that. That's why I love to do comedy on things Mm -hmm. that I either currently or once took really seriously because that's really something I was afraid of. But laughter is like an alchemist. When we can laugh at what we take most seriously, we're transforming the fear. Mm. And now instead of it being an energy inside of our psychology that works against us, it can hopefully transform into something that works for us. One of my other favorite quotes of all time. Oscar Wilde. Life is too important to take seriously. (laughs) I love that. Whoever said, just because something's important to us, we have to take it seriously. What if taking stuff seriously, not sincerely, but seriously, what if taking things that are important to us seriously is disrespecting those things? What if we have levity around it? What if we have playfulness around it? What if we're we have less certainty and more curiosity around what's most important to us. Maybe that's much more of a respectful way of relating to who and what's most important to us. And anyway, I think the, the power of conscious comedy, the alchemist of laughter mm-hmm. when it's used appropriately can help take us there. Um, as opposed to you mentioned some comedians can be very heavy and indeed they can. So you can have comedy used as a way of inflicting pain or dwelling on pain, mm-hmm. or you can have conscious comedy where comedy is used to transform the pain. Like go into it, you go into that cave right. and you transform it. Yeah.
0: No, I, that, that, that is, that's, that's the genius that is, I, I, I yeah, that was heavy. Uh,
1: How, de- no, but, but, how depressed do you feel now, Don? <laughs>
0: well, no, because <laughs> like, they, like let, let's go in there. And, uh, and it's, In some f- ironic way, I think that's been the appeal of Joe Rogan.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I don't think that he approaches it as a comedian. He interviews quite a few of them, which ironically enough, I don't actually listen to those podcasts. Is that right? Uh, yeah. MMA fighters and comedians I just don't listen to. And that's fine. I mean, I'm sure they're all interesting. Yeah. I listen to the people like you know when he physicist and astroscientist and he gets out there and but me like but he he'll oftentimes bring up societal like we probably shouldn't talk about this but let's do it anyway. Yeah. Uh, and there was like this um there was like this desire there's a what is it called when you have to sign something in a petition that uh, they wanted him to host one of the democratic
1: debates. Oh I heard that talk. And about I'm
0: like that's exactly what America needs. A guy that is willing to go there and go, this I'm just gonna ask what everybody's thinking and hear that yeah. and, and, and and
1: talk. And and I you know, I think he sets such a great example as you bring that up, where he can have someone on his podcast that he very much disagrees with and he has this energy of acceptance. It's like, oh, yeah, you have your opinion, mine's different, and I'm not going to combat you, I'm not going to make right. you wrong, I want to actually understand more that which I don't know. I even want to understand more the thing I disagree with, mm-hmm. which is... That's called an open heart. And then also, because he's not a pushover, if you say something and his, like, oh, sounds like you're full of crap meter goes off, he's not going to just, like, oh, people please and let that scope. He's going to say, oh, well, why did you say that? And, like, you you just said there's science behind that, but is there? And, like, where Mm -hmm. is
0: it? Mm hmm. Calling it. Yeah. There's been a couple of times where it gets really comfortable because he ain't. Oh like, yeah, he's like, I just don't believe it, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna say which one. It, there was one that it was ironically a guy that calls out a lot of. That well, was Adam Runes Everything.
1: That, that was, oh yeah, I listened yeah. to that. I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. thought yeah. he did a great job of not tolerating the social justice. I'm gonna say what's right and what gives me the most, you know, virtue signaling points. Yeah. So Joe was calling him out. Yep. He's like, I. That doesn't sound right.
0: And then at the same time, Adam was like, there's a couple points. He's like, no, because of this. And Joe's like,
1: yeah, okay, I get that. So yeah. uh, good, he's very open-minded. I was just
0: going to say, good, open dialogue. Uh, that's why I hate to see when when Joe gets vilified as the new, because I'm as bad as centrist you're going to find, uh, uh, because uh, I, I think that these hard conversations, the people that that are not afraid to enter that cave, uh, that's the reason why it's trending, man. It he, is yeah. the number one listen to podcast. You know, there's nothing better than talking about another man's podcast in a podcast.
1: It's very meta. Yeah, it's like I want to have a, bit, I want to get rich teaching other people how to get rich. Yeah. I want to write a book about how to write books. <laughs> I Want to do a podcast about to other some podcasts. degree of irony
0: though. That's so uh, final story. The, I, one time I was in school to learn how to be a teacher, and uh, you, we, 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 we brought we they they brought in a genius. And this kid was like ten. And um, we were asking him a question or two. And, and, and he was just... I mean, hes a little different. But um, there was this one guy there. And, and I'm, I'm not saying this is, this is true of, of all gym teachers. But this guy was particularly like annoyed by this kid. And so he made some reference uh, to the Indiana Pacers. And he's like, yeah, I've heard of them. And by the way, this is like 15-plus years ago. And he's like, there's a guy named Reggie Miller, right? And this guy... His arms crossed. He's like, some genius. You don't even know the starting lineup, do you? And, he, and the kid goes, no, I don't. Then this kid gets this sinister look in his face like, I'm about to mentally take you down. Yeah, the I guy didn't that. see it coming. And so he's like, he's, and so he, he, he cocks his head to the right, and he's like, so interesting. Um, do you go to these games? Yeah. I can name you the whole starting five. I can name you the whole roster. And he's like, that's curious. So I take it you were good at, uh, at basketball. he's like, I was pretty pretty decent made varsity when I was a sophomore and he goes, okay, this is something I've never understood. Why would you pay money to sit on your ass and watch people have the fun that you're supposedly
1: good at? What a great life lesson (laughs) from a genius 10 year old.
0: it, It took a 10 year old and like everybody like did one of those put your hands over your mouth like, Oh dang. <laughs> like we were too embarrassed for the kid and this guy who was like 22. And we're like, well, you just got served. This don't engage, don't engage. But it was what, yeah, I don't know why I wanted to bring that that story other than the fact that it was just damn entertaining.
1: And I think the great lesson in that story that I hear that I just want to echo. Cause I always need to hear it. And maybe other people need to hear it is the thing that, you want to do get off your ass and it, do it yeah yeah sometimes we can get that dopamine hit watching yep. other people yep. you know some people treat politics as a spectator sport yes. get off your ass and go yeah. make the change you wish to see in yeah. the world some people like to oh let me just like watch football for 9 hours each week and like get off your butt and do what fuels your purpose so the wisdom of the 10 year old it's like, wow, it do the over. thing yeah. that brings you joy. Yeah. Do the thing that brings you purpose. Yeah. Don't pay to watch someone else live their purpose only. Yeah. There you go. That 10-year-old, was his name JP? I remember this. <laughs> he was
0: just a let me think of the age difference. He was a, you know, short kid, kind of stout, really buff, red hair. Yeah. Wait. Hey, no, shocking. Did he
1: wet his pants? <laughs> Did he? <laughs> no uh, I, it, I actually
0: wanted to know what ever happened i should look up see go find um, this is like 1990 something
1: yeah he's probably living in his mother's probably. basement
0: or he's working for nasa yeah yeah i have had an incredibly fun time uh number one getting to know you uh not just on the show this was kind of a microcosm of the conversations we've had over the last couple of days but um no, I, I, I sincerely tip my hat to you because there is a need for people to, A, laugh, uh, take ourselves a little less seriously, but also not lose the lesson. And I think that that is literally um, the mission I see you living out. On top of it, we didn't even get into your other stuff that you have retreats and you actually do, you know, practice yoga and you have all these other skills and assets, but what you're most known for this is what the podcast today, but I, I sincerely appreciate you sharing this journey that you're on, that you let other people in through your comedy and through your works and and through your podcast and book.
1: Oh, thank you for that, brother. It's been a joy to get to know you, Don. And thank you for what you do in the world. I mean, what I see you do is you notice something that needs to happen. You notice a whole where people could be helped and guided and you don't sit on the sidelines waiting for someone else to do that. You get out and make it happen in in a big way and you inspire a lot of people and you connect to a lot of people and you bring people together and guide them to, I think, honestly, live life on their terms in a way that they can contribute to the world in a more empowered way. So I see what you're doing and I appreciate it, brother. Appreciate it.
0: So people... Uh, the vast majority of people have seen your YouTube channel, other places they can find you.
1: Yeah. All the social medias, all my handles are awaken with JP, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all the have things. Have you done TikTok thing yet? Dude, I signed up for an account last
0: night after our conversation yeah. from the mascot. Yep. I'm going to have him on because he had some, yeah. Spoiler alert. I'm going to have on the Colts mascot here soon.
1: Indeed. indeed. And another spoiler alert he is not a horse. He is a human he's a, he's wearing a, man a horse inside that costume. costume. Right, yeah.
0: I know. Or as he says, I get to play a stuffed animal for a living.
1: Yeah, That's good stuff.
0: All right, JP, JP Sears. Thank you so much for joining us.